0: the 3304 sports podcast we're talking georgia tech virginia tech preview carter hill back with me dan sidewalk and cole bjorn bergstrom carter great to have you back i'm gonna hand it off to Cole Bjorn. he's got the first couple questions for you this week
1: i do and this is really the positives here to look at for virginia tech uh specifically the biggest positive on the field of this past game being malachi thomas um and it was asked last week um by dan about uh him at the at the pick game and trying to get him more carries and whatnot and this past weekend he got the 21 carries with 151 yards uh, which was good for 7.2 yards per carry and three touchdowns what went right for the running game on Saturday
2: well Dan Cole Jordan great to be back with you all once again thanks for having me to answer your question about the run game I think you really mentioned it in your question you know Malachi Thomas kind of gets some new blood in there He gave the Hokies a huge lift. Virginia Tech had been struggling immensely offensively coming into that game. Statistically, was the worst in the ACC. Now they do jump to 13. And it's really because of Malachi Thomas. Now, overall, the offense played a lot better this past weekend. But like I said, you get some fresh blood in there. You know, to my surprise, you know, you didn't see Keyshawn uh, King, you didn't see Jalen Holston really take many snaps in the backfield for Virginia Tech. It was a little bit of Raheem Blackshear, but it was really Malachi Thomas. They said it on on the TV broadcast. I was away; the I was, was watching it on TV.
1: They they un- said un- it on the
2: TV broadcast. Pay they pay pay. said,
1: "Uh, your pause."
2: Yeah, you may so- have to the ad. Yeah. You may have to splice that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ad went off and. On the ESPN website. All right, I'll pick back up. You may just have to cut just, it out a little part. I'm sorry.
1: Just, just mute that website forever. That's what I did. I found out that you could do that. I'm like, oh bet. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, yeah. You just may have to spice it. But sorry. Um, I'll wait. So yeah, overall, this Virginia Tech offense, like I said, they got some fresh blood in there. Malachi Thomas, I like the way he ran. I like I said, I, I was away, I had to watch it on TV. The TV broadcast was talking about how. You know, you got to stick with the hot hand. And that's what head coach Justin Fuente and company did offensively. He was the hot hand. That was exactly what he was. You talked about he rushed for three touchdowns. I believe it was the first, he was the first true freshman for Virginia Tech to rush for three touchdowns since 1986. So prior to even the beamer era. So it's been that long, 151 yards really gave Virginia Tech, you know, that spark that they desperately needed. Unfortunately, they just couldn't, you know, close it out, even when they finally do have a breakout offensive performance.
1: Absolutely. And before I talk a little bit more about Malachi Thomas, I did want to follow up with you on this. Now, our run game, obviously we've talked about it hasn't been great all year, but there has been a shining point of it, which was Raheem Black's year before Malachi Thomas, obviously uh, popping off over this specifically this last game, but then over really the last two. Um, My question from you is from maybe a, like, like from a standpoint of being able to follow the team a lot, would you, like yourself, would you hope slash expect some um, for this team to go and try to get both uh, Blackshear and Thomas double digit touches a week?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think so. I think that's your two deep now at the running back position. There's your one and two, however way you want to put it. You know, Malachi Thomas and and Raheem Blackshear are your two guys now. I You know, no disrespect to Jalen Holston and Keyshawn King, but They're kind of to the side now. You got to stick with your hot hand. You finally get something going offensively. You have to try to continue that into these next few weeks. You know, I don't know how much they'll try to balance these two guys. I think they're both going to play an equal amount. I really like the way that Malachi Thomas. Moves from a physicality standpoint, even with the size, yeah. he will get stronger, but he moves well. So does Raheem Blackshear. Those are going to be your two guys going forward. Double-digit carries, I, w- I would say so. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. But I would say Virginia Tech's going to try to establish the run early, and if they're able to do that, it's going to be with both those guys, and they're both going to be running the ball a lot. And Malachi Thomas, a Georgia native, is going to want to certainly perform back in, on his home turf this weekend.
1: Absolutely. My last question here with the running game in general – uh, with his first like overall start, Thomas has already moved into the third place in rushing uh, on the season for this team, just ahead of Jalen Holston, who had a 176 on the season. Another game like that would vault him into, uh, into first. Uh, another game like he had against Syracuse. Um, what does this say to you about the coaching staff not being able to recognize him as a guy that could have been uh, put into their RB1 spot?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's easy to blame the coaching staff on a lot of things. I don't know. I, I probably couldn't even I, – I couldn't give a great answer to this. I feel like the only people that could are the people at practice. You know, I don't see what's going on day to day. You know, I know Justin Fuente was running the scout team offensively. He just recently, you know, did say in the post-game press conference he was with the with the starting offense a little bit more. This past week against Syracuse, and I assume it, it, it's it been like that this week as well as they prepare as they prepare for Georgia Tech, you know, maybe it just took Malachi Thomas a few weeks to really get going or maybe when Justin Fuente moved over he said hey we got to be playing this guy a little bit more that that's very realistic as well and, you know, on, on top of things this running back core that you know they needed a spark like I said, they really have gotten very little production out of that position all year long Raheem Blackshear has been very good in spurts but also. We haven't heard much of him at times as well, so I I, I like that they went to to Malachi Thomas. It did give him that spark, and and it seems like that's who they will be going with going forward until you know some circumstances possibly change.
0: All right, let's shift focus to the passing attack here, Carter. Uh, Braxton Burmeister and the passing game just again looked confusing. Burmeister only completed fifty percent of his throws, and as opposed to the pit game where they were trying to push the ball downfield, they moved right back into their old habits of you know this side-to-side stuff. Uh, what did you make of the passing attack against the Orange?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you kind of you kind of took the words out of my mouth talking about how it, it really was so confusing the first, what, five games of the season, Virginia Tech. All they wanted to do is run the ball. They didn't want to throw the ball. And then Pitt comes around, and I said it last week in the podcast. They're going full Madden mode and chucking it deep, and they seemed allergic to running the ball. And then Syracuse comes around, and they do get that spark with Malachi Thomas, and they do run the ball a lot more. It looked like early on in this one that they were going to use that passing attack to their advantage and, you know, use it to their ability off the running game. You know, we saw that with the early touchdown with the fake handoff and the toss to Drake Dullius. But, yeah, no, I I, I, I really can't seem to figure out what what Virginia Tech is is doing in the passing game. So, you know, they show at times some some spurts of of promise. You know, we've seen Braxton Burmich. Burmeister makes some really good throws at times and we've seen him be way off with guys like Trey Turner and Tavion Robinson. Trey Turner has made some steps the last some has taken some steps forward the last few weeks until the Syracuse game. The Syracuse game just two receptions for 12 yards so that's not ideal. He did have an 11 yard reception so you know you're he wasn't much of a threat either. You know Tavion Robinson had some big catches but Virginia Tech really relied on the run game if they're able to do that going forward they won't have to worry about the passing as much but it's still you know if you're a Virginia Tech fan is extremely frustrating to watch because you know there are some weapons in the receiving game that Virginia Tech just fails to utilize and we'll see kind of what happens there going forward as the year progresses even more and we'll see you know what Virginia Tech decides to do this weekend because it seems to be a new thing offensively every single week.
0: Yeah, don't worry about it. We can't figure out what they're trying to do either. Uh, All right. This question is not going to be Virginia Tech focused, but I mean, just with how they've been able to win games this season, were you surprised as I was with how many times Syracuse threw the ball on offense?
2: Yeah, you know, it it definitely was surprising for sure. You know, Syracuse is, it's no secret that the rushing attack for Syracuse is one of the best in the country. Not only with Sean Tucker, who is the only running back in the entire nation to to be over a thousand yards to this point in the year. But then you got Garrett Schrader on the ground as well. I believe he rushed for just off the top of my head, over 170 yards, somewhere in that ballpark. So. Syracuse very clearly could run the ball against Virginia Tech's defense and they did it with ease. And that being said, they still utilized their receiving game. You know, like they did not early on in the contest. And then, you know, once they got backed up to their own one yard line, they hit a couple of throws, they got into a rhythm. And then from here, from, from there on now, there really was no stopping Syracuse's offense period, whether on the ground or in the air. And then of course, the most improbable of outcomes you know, a guy who historically has not been good throwing the ball drops in a dime to, you know, one of Syracuse's receivers who is thought of as an afterthought. And yeah, Dorian strong was beat by a step, but still good enough coverage where he could have potentially picked it off. So, you know, it, it really, it just kind of shows you, even while Schrader was getting wall up to by Jermaine wall or Jermaine, not Jermaine Waller Jordan Williams, he, you know, just, just dropped it in there. And, Virginia Tech that seems to be how it's going right now You, you know nothing can go their way they can't find a way to get that big stop and they can't you know find a way to keep their their opponent you know either out of the end zone when it matters or they can't you know get themselves in the end zone when the defense is playing well and and I know I probably am going on a little bit of a tangent right now but just I mean I think that perfectly describes Virginia Tech's season in a nutshell right now Syracuse no threat coming into the game throwing the ball and they have Garrett Schrader has the best game in the air in his life past that this past Saturday.
1: Definitely with that. And we're gonna move from the uh Schrader side of things to the Sean Tucker side of things. So they I mean Schrader was even involved with in this as well. So he was the leader of uh, rushing for them. Uh we weren't able to stop Sean Tucker. Also can stop Garrett Schrader or Dirk Schrader. Uh this was the most legit running team that we've played all season in the run uh and the run defense who hasn't been fully impressive got gashed. Was this expected going into this game?
2: I thought Syracuse would be able to run the ball decently well and I thought Virginia Tech would potentially give up you know the most points they've given up all season long. Obviously that that that, that happened and um didn't turn out well for the Hokies that's for sure but but yeah I mean just looking you know personnel wise at some film from this past one. I mean, it was easily, you know, guys like Dax Hollifield and Alan Tisdale, not to single out guys, but they've had great years. It was easily their worst game of the year. They seemed out of position all day long, seemed to be zigzagged all afternoon and, and really couldn't figure out what, what Syracuse was going to do. And then up front, you know, Virginia tech was able to get through at times, but also, you know, They weren't able to subdue that Syracuse offense in the backfield as much as, you know, Justin Hamilton probably, you know, would have liked to. And then in the secondary, you know, Jermaine Waller goes out and, you know, guys like Dorian Strong potentially had his worst game as a Hokie and he's had a great career here at Tech. And like I said, I'm not trying to single single out guys because all of them have been great all year long, but it's easy to, I guess, single out guys when they have had a great year. And like I just said, it it all just kind of kind of fell apart at the same time, defensively for Virginia Tech. Finally, Tech's offense puts up more than 35 points. And, and of course, the defense drops a dud and really had no answer up the middle um, in the backfield for Syracuse's offense, really across the board, defensively all afternoon long. And that's got to be very, very frustrating to that coaching staff over there.
0: All right, Carter, my next question, you kind of stole my thunder here. I was going to ask about the past defense, but you did mention guys like uh, you know Waller not being able to play Dorian Strong having a rough day. I overall, I I was seeing a lot of, you know, open throws downfield. I mean, Syracuse's passing game was not too, you know, it wasn't anything too crazy. So let me switch around like this. Since you commented on both the run game and the passing game, having their worst days at the office on Saturday, can we expect this team to bounce back? I mean, this team, this defense has been showing cracks the last couple games. Can we expect a better performance against Georgia tech and, you know, moving forward?
2: Yeah, you know, I think so. I think this defense is, is a pretty good unit overall, and it's full of a lot of guys that have played a lot of big boy football before. You know, I, it does concern me with Georgia Tech because they can be pretty good on the ground at times, especially with their quarterback. And going forward, you know, there's going to be some similar types of opponents. You know, I, I don't think it's an elite defense by any means, but I think they're a lot better than what they showed last Saturday. So I, I really do expect Virginia Tech's defense to play a lot better this weekend because they take so much pride in it. And, you know, they they know that for the first time this season, that loss this past weekend was on them. And, and, and you know, knowing some of those guys in the room, how they react to stuff like that, I don't think it'll it'll they'll react well. So they'll want to go out and, and play well this weekend and going forward the rest of the season. No. Yeah, I, I definitely expect them to bounce back in a big way going forward. Now, can they get to the level they played against, you know, North Carolina earlier this season or even at times, you know, against West Virginia? we'll see. And, in really the first three and a half quarters against Notre Dame, I, I think they will. I definitely think they will be better than they were last week. And I expect that to, uh, to get going this weekend in Atlanta.
1: Now the last question that we have here uh, on the Syracuse game is this was uh, the second game in uh, our three losses that we had a two position lead going into the last five minutes of regulation and we lost the game. Um, at this point is the, uh, is this kind of like just what they are?
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, I think so. Seven games into the year, it's it's not really a sample size anymore. I just don't think, you know, to, to put it bluntly, I don't think Virginia Tech is a very good football team. I don't think they're a bad football team. I think they're just a very mediocre football team that has struggled to close out games so far this year. It's like a closer in baseball. You can't go, you know, through a, a, a stretch where you blow three – saves in a row that's pretty much what Virginia Tech has done these last few weeks you know that Notre Dame game was bad I, I would argue the Syracuse game was 10 times worse it's a game you should win at home you know obviously all the all the, the the bright lights are on Justin Fuente and his coaching staff and and you know Syracuse is a much improved team and better than people thought they would be coming into the, the year but this is the same team that they had lost 10 straight ACC road games coming into Lane Stadium And you dropped your third straight home game, and you were up by nine with, I mean, really under three minutes to go. So you just couldn't get that one more first down. You just couldn't get that stop. You couldn't stop the kick returner from getting past the 50. Just didn't, you know, it all fell the wrong way for Virginia Tech. And yeah, it's if you're a Hokie fan, it's discouraging because, yeah, I, I do think that's who they are, you know they are close to being a pretty good football team but at the end of the day you know you can only be so close without saying that's who you are well that, that's that's who you are because there are times where you know virginia tech they could have well, they could have beaten west virginia they should have closed out Notre Dame. they should have closed out syracuse but if you can't and that happens a repeated amount of times that really kind of just you know shows your true colors and Yeah, I I just think that's the kind of football team they are. Um, And I just think they're a very mediocre Virginia Tech football team, which, you know, a lot of people, I guess, don't want to hear. All
0: right, well, Carter, we've been asking you a lot about Syracuse, and I think that uh, our feelings towards this Georgia Tech game kind of go towards – they kind of coincide with the feelings of the fan base. I feel that there's a lot of apathy towards this weekend. I I mean, it's on – Roanoke sports network again. It's not on, or is it Richmond? I don't even know. I'm not from there. Uh, It's on RSN. People have were complaining about not being able to find the game. I don't even know how many people want to watch this game. Uh, So here's your one Georgia tech question for this Georgia tech preview episode. Uh, What are we even looking for this week? Like what, what, what are you looking for in this team? What bounce back are we looking for? And in terms of the Georgia tech side, I mean, Sims, the QB, he's got a dual threat ability that this defense has shown it can lose to. So just what are we looking for in this game? What what should we what's like the one thing we should be looking for?
2: Well, number one, you know, is Virginia Tech really have, have they really figured it out offensively? I think that's the that's the number one thing. Last week, you know, the answer may be yes, but at the same time, it can't be just a one week thing. You know, it's it's gotta be a, a type of thing where you go multiple weeks of scoring tw- 28 to 35 points and georgia tech's defense they're not very very good so virginia tech's offense should have an opportunity really this is as good of an opportunity as you can hope for for this tech offense you know can a guy like malachi thomas build on his performance last week can braxton burmeister continue to try to get more comfortable with his receivers Tavian robinson and trey turner and that's not something you want to say seven games into the year but Th- this is a real opportunity for Virginia Tech's offense to to show that they have gotten miles better, and that's the number one thing I'm looking out for. Number two is was last week a fluke for the defense. Like you talked about, Jeff Sims, he's going to run the football, and historically, even in the Bud Foster era, you look at Bryce Perkins, that's the most recent one. Virginia Tech can't stop a rushing quarterback. I mean, Lynn Bowden at Kentucky, too, his final two games. They can't stop a running quarterback. We saw it you know, against Schrader last weekend. Can Virginia Tech, you know, can they answer the bell defensively? Can they, you know, shut her down? You know, we'll see. I I think they'll respond, like I said, but there's only so much you can do if you're not built to stop a you know a running quarterback. And I look forward to especially seeing guys like Dax Hollifield and Alan Tisdale and those guys up front respond after you know how they performed last weekend. But those are the things that I'm really looking out for when it comes to Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech this weekend.
0: All right, last thing we have for you this week. Last week we asked you objectively. Uh, because we are not in an opinion show. Uh, We asked you if a loss to Syracuse, basically at the end of the Justin Fuente era, that loss happened. So, I mean, now it just feels like it's not a matter of if, but when, right?
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I I think it's just a matter of time. I think for a a good chunk of the fan base, really, I'd say probably 80% of the fan base, it's just waiting for the Sunday after the UVA game, because that will probably be Justin Fuente's final day as a Virginia Tech's head coach. The final morning he wakes up as Virginia Tech's head coach. So yeah, you know, it's disappointing for a lot of people because disappointing in a sense of they really wanted this era to work out it seemed like it was a seamless transition early on with you know keeping bud foster on the staff really i mean the first two years you couldn't have been more ecstatic if you were a virginia Tech fan after those first two years and to see where the program has gone since then yes 2019 had a decent year but 2018 2020 and now it looks like 2021 are going to be looking like years where it's a pretty it's pretty much a 500 season below a 500 season potentially for Virginia Tech and obviously the fan base they won't deal with that here and the passions you know one of the best in the ACC and you know I do think I do think you know it is set in stone now after that Syracuse loss that you know like I said the writing is on the wall that it is and like you said that that the era is probably going to be finished up in a couple of weeks and I think a lot of people are already, you know, to themselves, kind of kind of talking about, you know, who's going to be next and not that we're going to talk about that. And a lot of people are going to talk about that. But I feel like that's actually where a majority of the fan base you know, already has their mind at just with how things have gone so far this season.
0: All right, Connor Hill, thank you so much for joining me and Colby and Bergstrom on the 3304 Sports Podcast, mainly looking uh, back on the Syracuse loss. Uh, but we did a little bit of Georgia Tech at the end there. Honestly, there's a better college football game to watch this weekend, guys. Watch the Michigan-Michigan State. Watch College Game Day. You're going to see me in the crowd there. Uh, So there you go. Carter, thanks for coming on with us again.
2: Yep, thanks for having
0: me. Appreciate it. All right. For Carter Hill and Colburn Bergstrom, I'm Dan Steinbach. Thank you guys so much for listening to this preview episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast. Have a great day and take care.